Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from kristenwombeck.com, and you're listening to Intentional Now Podcast. More people than ever are asking the question, how do we find ourselves on the resurrected side of Jesus? In this show, I discuss what's really on the other side of the torn veil, ascending into heaven, and how does our sonship fix the heart of creation? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guest in a workshop discussion that proclaims, we're not nailed to the cross or dead in the grave, but fully alive and resurrected in him. Let's do this. Good morning, good morning, good morning. (laughs) How are you doing today? I know you're going, good morning. Yep, I was up a tad bit on the early side today. You know, I have this love-hate relationship with the Lord. And he wakes me up in what we would term an ungodly hour of the day. <laughs> Do I have you smiling? Okay, let's stretch those faces and hearts. We're going to smile over that. Yeah, an ungodly hour of the day. <laughs> when he wakes me up, I get very excited. My spirit is up. My body is just supernaturally rested. And my thoughts are anticipating an aha moment. So today's episode is an aha moment. And I love it. It means that we are breaking through. And that is a clear dance party. Hoot, hoot, hoot. Yes. Something totally fun and exciting. Absolutely. Yes, I hit a little button there. Come on now. It is a dance party. And we are excited. I am excited to speak with you today. So hello, welcome, welcome to my international listeners. Yay, it is a froggy (laughs) winter day in Corvallis, Oregon. And how are you doing? I know, how are you doing? (laughs) We are going to answer that today, okay? Today's takeaways. Beyond Dispute from Romans 8, The Compassion of Christ, Six Tips to Tip the Do, and an Activation, because we're going to talk about our title today, What to Do in a Hard Place. (laughs) So when my eyes, my thoughts, when they opened up this morning... First, I listen to the traffic. I happen to live on a busy road, so the road noise and the flow is my first clue. It's like an audible clock for me. What what time is it anyway, according to the traffic or no traffic, right? So he has something to share with me. He has something to share with you. He has something to share with us. You know, when it's before work traffic, they haven't even creeped out of their driveways yet. 
And in the distance this morning, it was so wonderful. I just love all the sounds of the morning. There was a train whistle blowing honk, honk, way, way down there. It was just wonderful. So imagine all the plans that he has made for us in this day, in this morning, this afternoon, this evening. He's got plans for them today. So up early gives me the opportunity to share the governance of the day. You're going to go, now what was the word you threw in there? The governance of the day, the orchestrating of the day. We're on the cusp of that, but we're doing it together. I absolutely love this scripture from Job 38. God is asking Job, and have you ever ordered the morning, get up, told the dawn, get to work so you could seize earth like a blanket and shake out the wicked like cockroaches? As the sun brings everything to light, brings out all the colors and the shapes, the cover of darkness is snatched from the wicked, and they're caught in the very act. We are sharing the conductor's baton today. We, that is what I call governance over the morning and governance over the day. Amen? Let's do this together. So I heard him say, first thing, <laughs> Dark 30, <laughs> the title of today's episode, What to Do in a Hard Place. So I changed the change. I adapted. I parked some really great episodes that I have been working on, and they are coming down the pike. There they are. I've got about three of them sitting right there on my computer's Screen. So you don't want to miss them. So hit your follow button. Amen. Let's open the question today. Are you ready? <laughs> All right. What to do in a hard place? I'm going to purpose the question a few times, but yes, this is the first time. Okay. So let me share this and say this. I am sorry that you are in a place of hard. I am sorry you are in a place of hurting. The very first intent of the day was the Lord waking me up to tell you that. That he has something to say about that word hard. He woke me up today to say he sees how situations have caused you pain, hurt, confusion, and complications. He changed this episode title and subject matter today just for you. And he asked me to release his spirit of compassion over you. The same compassion that moved miracles in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And today Jesus is moved with compassion towards you. Good stuff, huh? Yeah. That's a nice pregnant pause. 
towards you. The interesting thing about the word hard, it depends on who the context of it is being said. Hmm, let me unpack that. The same Hebrew word pala found in Genesis 18:14, which declares, is there anything too hard or difficult for the Lord? That same word. It's the same word as, oh, in a, in a situation that makes us feel beyond one's power, difficult to do, to be difficult to understand, to do a hard or a difficult thing. That's the same word. But it is also the same word in reference to God when things are to make wonderful and do wondrously and wonderful acts, be extraordinary, wonderful, make special, marvelous, show your power, deal marvelously. So how can the same word hard have the miracle and the misery within it? Huh. So what to do in a hard place? And that's not to say between a rock and a hard place. That's impossible. Really, Kristen? Yeah. Think about it. Caught between a rock and a hard place. Let me unpack that for you verbally here. It means being faced with a dilemma that only affords a choice between two unpleasant or two. Alternatives. A little bit more. The phrase originated in America in the early 1900s to describe a dispute between copper miners and the mining companies in Bisbee, Arizona. So the miners were demanding better working conditions, which the companies refused to supply. That left the miners with two unpleasant choices. Continue to mine in the same terrible conditions, there's the rock, or face unemployment and poverty, and there's the hard place. The phrase came into popular use during the Great Depression, and of the 1930s, as many citizens found themselves caught between a rock and a hard place. And I want to give credit to that to the grammarist. So let's remind ourselves here, because I just said, that's not to say between a rock and a hard place, that's impossible. And this is why. Jesus is always standing as a mediator. Nothing can be between me between you and the love of God. Nothing. He is the between. <laughs> I know. Let's slam dunk that word nothing here for a minute, okay? I'm going to just like push, blow it out of the water. Nothing. On the contrary, in the thick of things, our triumph remains beyond dispute. His love has placed us above the reach of any onslaught. And this is my conviction. No threat, whether it be death, 
or life, be it celestial messengers, demon powers, or political principalities, nothing known to us at this time, or even the unknown future, no dimension of any calculation in time or space, nor any device yet to be invented, none of that has what it takes to separate us from the love of God unveiled in our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 37 through 39 from the mirror. Yummy, huh? The key there is unveiled. (laughs) So today he is unveiling more for you and I. We are beyond dispute. That's what I feel this morning. And on those mornings where he sends us an invitation from our slumber, beyond dispute. Another way I might put it, you know, I like metaphors and pictures. I'm very visual. So when I've been asleep, imagine that that is right where I get all my upgrades. And he wakes me up to show me with what good things he has added to assist me. And he shows me tips and he fixed the bugs. Haha, ha, bug fixes, just like an upgrade. And it's new and better running software. So you know me, I love to unpack words. It's my way of marinating in what he said to me. It's It's like you're chewing. It's teaching me to listen. So software, metaphorically, software in the spirit, it's a set of instructions. It's data or programs used to operate computers, executive-specific tasks. It's the opposite from hardware, which describes the physical aspects of the computer. Software is generic term used to refer to applications, scripts, programs that run on a device. So we're imagining us as that. It can be thought of as a variable part of a computer, while hardware is an invariable part. The two main categories of software are application software and system software. An application is software that fulfills a specific need or performs a task. Haha, <laughs> highlight software that fulfills a specific need or performs a task. Where system software is designed to run a computer's hardware and provide a platform for applications to run on top of. So in the spirit, we might relate to it as going to the app store, to Google Play, and God has chosen a new application to fulfill a specific need and perform a task, a task that tips the do, the what to do in hard places, divine empowerment to do. It's like, I didn't have it yesterday, but I have it today. Again, our question, what about that hard, that word hard? So I'm going to unpack a few different aspects of hard 
And we will use them. I like activations. I like getting my hands all over everything and applying my actions to it. So we're going to do a live activation all through this. You'll get it right away and just pick it up and go with it. So what does that look like or how do we do it? It's kind of like it pinpoints what an upgrade fixed so if I share a particular aspect that Holy Spirit highlights to you, I'm going to go through kind of a list here. If, if Holy Spirit highlights it to you, just allow him to fix the bug, so to speak, to give you the upgrade. You could actually hit the pause for a minute and have a conversation, or you can write it down. But your spirit is going to be highlighted, and the Holy Spirit says, hmm, yeah, this is you, okay? So all the way through this, if he gives you a, yeah, mm -hmm, this is you, then just move with him, him in that. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to fix or remove software in myself that is out of date, obsolete, infected, or weakened. My triumph is beyond dispute because of the blood of Jesus. And remember, we're right here in the activation, so you can follow along, apply it into your own life, just follow Holy Spirit as he leads you. Father, if I've participated in any way with the spirit of separation, I ask for forgiveness. Separation could be as metaphorically simple as not turning your phone off so it can be reset. I'm going to say that again. Separation could be as metaphorically simple as not turning your phone off so it can reset. And that is a great prophetic act right there. Amen. My goodness. And in that, Father, we ask for forgiveness. Let's continue to illuminate hard. Some scriptures that interpret the word hard for us. In Hebrews 5.11, we have much to say about this. The apostles are talking here. But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. So remember, we're continuing to go with our activation. If Holy Spirit highlights something to you, then just pause it and go with it. Father, I ask for forgiveness for no longer trying to understand, growing comfortable with old software, growing comfortable in my, or not growing in my knowledge, and my living awareness of you. Now on the flip side of that thread, from Matthew 19, then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, 
it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Father, I ask for forgiveness that I lost my focus because of riches placed in and on and around my life. You are always bigger. Always. From Ezekiel 3. But the house of Israel will be unwilling to listen to you since they are unwilling to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hard-headed and hard-hearted. Father, I ask for forgiveness for being hard-headed or hard-hearted. My favorite testimony upgrades. These are my favorites. (laughs) I read them often. So in Genesis 8, it's talking about Sarah here. And the Lord asked Abram, why did Sarah laugh and say, can I really bear a child when I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you in about a year and Sarah will have a son. Now here is the testimony of Sarah. In Hebrews 11, 11, Sarah's testimony of faith is just as amazing. She conceived and bore a child when it was humanly impossible. She believed that God would be faithful to his promise, and she gave that belief authority over her life. Can you see the transformation in Sarah? I have another favorite for you. In John 3, I'm going to add a little paraphrasing to tell the story. Now, amongst them, there was a man who was a prominent leader among the Jews, a Pharisee named Nicodemus. (laughs) Nicodemus and I are on a first name basis. (laughs) I can tell you this. So Nicodemus, he came to see Jesus under the cover of night and said to him, we are familiar with the conversation between him and Jesus, but being born again and seeing the kingdom of heaven? Huh? Don't be so surprised when I say to you and to humanity, you could get here in the flesh. You couldn't get here in the flesh unless you got here from above. And the best part of the story is that It was recorded. The transformation of Nicodemus was recorded at the end of the crucifixion. We can see what happened in his heart. We can see what happened to the word hard in his life. Found in John 19. One of the soldiers then pierced his side and blood and water flowed from the wound. The presence of these two elements was evidence that there had been a heart rupture. The one who witnessed these things has recorded their detail to convince the reader, the listener, of their significance. 
These things happened in fulfillment of that which was written prophetically. No bone in the paschal lamb shall be crushed. Also in another scripture which reads, They shall gaze upon him who they have pierced. Then Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate permission to remove the body of Jesus, which Pilate was pleased to do. Joseph was a prominent leader and a secret follower of Jesus. But here, while most of his close friends and followers forsook him, Joseph fearlessly offers to bury Jesus in his own rock-hewn tomb. Matthew 27 records him as a rich man and a counselor of the great Sanhedrin. And here's our friend Nicodemus again. In verse 39, who was one who approached Jesus in the shelter of the night in order not to be publicly associated with him. He made a very bold announcement of his love for Jesus and brought expensive sweet-smelling spices, a mixture of myrrh and aloes, which weighed about a hundred pounds. Then Joseph And Nicodemus took Jesus' body and prepared it for burial. And according to Jewish custom, they wrapped the body in linen cloth together with spices. Something miraculously happened to their heart in the process of their software upgrade. So the same word hard has the miracle and the misery within it. The testimonies I shared show conclusive evidence of their transformation. We can answer our question today. What to do in a hard place? He woke us up this day, this morning, with your heart on his mind. He released his compassion and we received his compassion. We were reminded that we are beyond dispute and Jesus is our mediator. It's a grace story. We have received an upgrade. This episode is an upgrade. We humbled ourselves and allowed him to search our hearts. We heard testimony of the same impossibilities for Sarah and Nicodemus. And we've witnessed the record of the word hard turning to the word miraculous. Our confession this day, (laughs) this day that started so early, this day with you upon his heart and mind. Wherever you are in the world, his heart and his mind woke me up this morning with you at the forefront. That this is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing and we are glad in what He made for you. 
We bless the Lord. Our souls, we bless him in everything that's within us. We bless his holy name. We bless the Lord, our entire soul, and we forget and have been reminded of all of his benefits. He who has pardoned all of our iniquities, he who heals all diseases, all manners of sickness. You, O God, have given us life, and we renounce all death and decay in body and soul. Today he prepared a table for you and I in the presence of enemies. And we ate from that table. And today, God, we consumed the rest of the nutrients found in the word pala, hard. We consumed to make wonderful, do wondrously and wonderful acts and be extraordinary and wonderful and make special, marvelous, and show your power and deal marvelously. Today, let the heavens declare the glory of God over my life. And I want to hear it. I want to see it. I want to behold it. I want to share it. And I want to rejoice in it. Amen. I think that's a really good place to pause, to stop and think about that. It is good. And thank you. Thank you for spending a portion of your day with the Lord and with me, and I bless you. And I bless what he spoke today and what Holy Spirit touched today. I bless that. And I will talk to you again next week. Bye now.